Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 8, season 20. Welcome back, thanks for the download, thanks for sharing about, thanks for the five-star reviews, keep telling your friends and everything else. Anyway, uh, three of my colleagues who have been in self-containment for pretty much the last five years, because we've never all been in the same place at the same time, are, hello Jack Bengen. Hello Tony Simpson, how are we doing? We're alright, we're alright. Uh, hello Trevor Agnew. Hello, Tony Simpson and Jack Benyon. And I was with Jack Benyon on Saturday, so we do occasionally get out together. Yeah, yeah, we, you have been spotted in the same place. It's just none of us have all been spotted in the same place. But last but not least, the man who sounds like genuinely he was in a portal at the moment, Ryan Champion. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not in a portal. I'm just sat in the portal. It's actually good to be back because I haven't been recently. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Talk about Precious. Talk about precious. Ryan Champion, how often how often do you not appear? You're you're a stalwart. You've been you've been here since the original, to use the term. The yeah, original yeah, I've been from a phone to ring and it just hasn't been ringing, you know, just just been feeling left out. How, that, you've never waited for your phone to ring, Ryan Champion. You're not that you're not programmed that way. I know that for a fact. It's me who normally waits for my call for you. I just waited for the phone to ring and I thought it was somebody else ringing it. turned out it was you. It was me, see? So That's I could have cool. been ringing you. I could have blagged it completely and went, I've been ringing you all the time, right? I've been ringing you all the time. Um... Right, boys, um, I don't really want to go straight to Rally Mexico because I think the big talking point that's that's happened um, over the last probably 48 hours or so is the Rally Pyramid. Um, and I've got my opinion, and I don't know whether you want mine first or whether we go to you guys as individuals or, or what. What, uh, what way do you want to do it? Do you want to hear you, mine? You make yourself look stupid first and then we'll all go, we'll all go after. Yes, you bastard. Yeah. Okay. To me, right, I completely get it. I completely understand it. And the only people who can have any problem with it at all or understanding the concept of it is our asses like us that are still hung up on a WRC car name. I don't think it, I don't think ultimately it really matters. I still think we'll call it what we want to call it. There you go. Jack Bengen. Uh, yeah, I like it. Um, I'm just worried about when we start getting Rally 4.5 and Rally 4.3 and Rally 4.2. <laughs> <laughs> as long as that doesn't happen I think uh, I think it's a good idea I, th- I like I like renaming it every now and again um, you know we talk about um, Group A and Group B and stuff like that so it's nice to have a different name for, for the top class I mean it's not the most it's not the most exciting name in the world but it's nice to give it a new era isn't it I guess it kind of timelines it doesn't it as you've just yeah. said I guess I, I, see I'm, I'm with I'm with Jack on that one I'm, I'm hoping that somebody's going to rally against me and Jack here I'll go to Ryan Champion next uh, I don't have a big problem with it. Um, as long as, like Jack says, we don't get um, subclasses like that's uh, Rally Two Pro and uh, <laughs> Rally Two. Um, and I guess my only other reservation is the new uh, Rally uh, Rally Three cars, which we haven't seen yet, which are going to be these allegedly uh, cheap four-wheel drive cars. Um, you know, they could well be slower on tarmac than, than the R2 cars. So that would, again, make things a little bit more uh, complicated to understand. But in, in essence, not against it, let's uh, see how it shakes out. Trevor Agnew, you're a man who, out of all of us, probably thinks the most outside of the box. What's your take on it? Uh, I've uh, selflessly give all of my time to Ryan Champion for his reply. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just opting out on us there, Trev? You can't do yes. that. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to you in the first place, so um, 
It's up to you guys to comment. You're the experts at the end of it. One, two, three, four, five. Let's go. We're, 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 listen, we're not experts, and we've been told repeatedly we're not experts over the years. So um, as a man who's, who, 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 I suppose, who, well, we, we all look up to you, Chef. You're the elder statesman of the podcast, so, you know, we, we kind of need something from you at least. Um, I think it'd be probably more focus on the regulations for 22 would have been better than uh, than sorting out a permit, but we'll see where it all goes. So, yeah, it makes sense. I used to always wonder when it was Formula 1, 2, 3, 4, what was that all about at that time? Because that didn't really follow when the FI had that many, many years ago. So, uh, yeah, WRC 1, we know what that is. WRC 2, we will know what that is. Uh, that's not restart because that's different, remember? Now they changed that in October last year. So it used to be, what, Super Rally, then it was Rally 2, and now it's restart for those people who don't know about that. So Rally 2, Rally 3, 4, 5, yep. There we go. We've got a ladder. If you follow the forward path, it seems quite straightforward. Uh, and then, of course, they've got this new category coming, which is quite exciting. So let's see how it goes. OK. OK. Um, Jackie Boy Banyan, if if I can bring you up, obviously, from a, from a journalistic point of view, when you're writing about stuff now, I suppose it's been slightly different with autosport. But do you have to when you write an article, do you have to almost make it as inclusive as what you can bearing on them, bearing in mind that maybe the reader doesn't fully understand what a world rally card is as an example or where it where it is in the scheme of things or where an r2 card is will this make it easier for you to write about the sport i guess is the question um i don't think it'll make it easier for me to write about it i think it'll be easier for people reading to understand it because trying to trying to explain what wrc2 and wrc2 pro and wrc3 is during a a news story where you've got x amount of words to to sum up the whole article, you know, that, that should be the most boring bit that you pay the least attention to, but it takes up the most words because it takes so long to explain it. So it's nice to have the simplicity there. Also, I think, you know, if you, you know, the biggest criticism of, of rally classes over the past few years is that they're too complicated. You can't get really, you can't get less complicated than rally one, one being the best, like formula one is for example, in, in, in circuit racing, roundy roundy. So <laughs> if we've got, a, if we've got a one to five scale, that's a bit easier for someone who knows nothing about rally and who's just randomly switched on Red Bull TV one week and is, uh, you know, is, has picked up a bit of the rally or someone who's, uh, you know, done a bit of Googling because they've seen a Hyundai on the TV on, on an advert or something. So, yeah, I think for me, it makes, it makes perfect sense to number it that way. Um, obviously the, the, the more anarchy bit for, for us guys chatting about this is going to be how each car fits into which class. And, um, I, I saw that they've uh, done like a, uh, power to weight ratio for for each one and that's not always necessarily that important because you've got the aero and stuff of, of a wrc1 car which you know obviously plays into plays into the speed of the cars and stuff like that it's a bit like um it's a bit like deciding how fast the speed should be on average speed um which we've all uh, debated about uh, long enough to, to know that that's not really um that important but yeah do you know what? there's there's no point even um worrying too much about that yet because i think obviously there's a a, a lot still to be sorted and we're going to have a new a new generation of wrc car coming in not long and that's going to shake up the pyramid so yeah i think initially um if you put it in the simplest terms the the biggest issue with the rallying pyramid has been that it's been too complicated to understand and you can't get much simpler than one two three four and five so um uh, even i can add those numbers up <laughs> yeah but also if, if they can get it you know what a wrc one car is wrc two car is I think the confusion comes in an R5 car runs in WRC2 because that was never the case. You know what a Formula 1 car is, a Formula 2 car, a Formula 3 car. Yeah. And so once once they sort all of that out, then it should make sense. 
Um, uh, right, I was going to ask you about this, and I was going to ask you at the same point. Obviously, with your your individual backgrounds of, of working with with manufacturers and stuff like that, do you think having this type of ladder and having this kind of structure perhaps could make uh, manufacturers that have either not been in the sport before or have not been in it for, for, for such a long time that obviously there's a completely new board there or whatever it may be. Does it make it easier, an easier sell internally for a, for a manufacturer perhaps to look at the sport and go, okay, well, I can see where we fit in and I can see how we can use that from a marketing point of view? Um, I'm not sure it does, honestly. I think the manufacturers that want to be there are there. Those that are on the fringes, it's, it's down to budgets. It's down to uh, it's down to what you want to achieve out of it as a manufacturer. And, and ultimately, ultimately, at the minute, manufacturers want it to be relevant. And uh, we know we're going to see a new generation of, of hybrid rally car coming. And I think that just needs to come very, very quickly because uh, we've already heard um, and the Volkswagen obviously pulled out of World, uh, World Rallying a couple of years back, but they've now pulled out of all motorsport that involves a combustion engine. Um, and so if that's the Volkswagen approach, then, you know, the manufacturers must be thinking along those lines. So I think we have to be relevant as a sport. And, uh, you know, whilst, uh, whilst I obviously personally, from a personal point of view, would always like to see combustion engines in there, I think for what manufacturers, we have to be relevant to what's happening in the real world with, with road-going technology and at the minute. Rallying is a little bit behind the curve on that, or a long way behind the curve, honestly. And uh, it needs to make a leap forward if we want to attract manufacturers back. Trev, this is something obviously we've spoke about. You, you've been quite passionate about what has to happen. Obviously, we've seen the leap to go back to uh, a jack term, the roundy roundy. We've seen they try to make the make the leap with, with World Rally Cross, and, and you know, in some ways, many people said it was almost like it was like the curse of World Rally Cross because it killed off so many teams. You know, very, very quickly. Are, are we in danger of perhaps of going the other way and letting this run too long where we're going to get to the stage where we could lose a manufacturer, you know, and, and, you know, all of a sudden then we could be left with a very, very shallow sport, you know, which isn't in its, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, it's in great health on at the first glance. But when you start looking at how, you know, the depth of the top line of the sport, it's not really, is it? Yeah, well, it, you know, we, we've made the assumption uh, because of Formula E and the number of manufacturers have been attracted to that, that manufacturers will want to show off their technology in a hybrid or some sort of electrified world rally car. And that's a big assumption to make considering the costs are going to be involved in it. So if they're not using it to do that within its brand awareness and traditional brand awareness means that you've got a moving billboard. And of course, we know nowadays that manufacturers are choosing to do that differently as well. So you'll see on a new car launch that there'll be a lot of influencers that get paid a lot of money. And they, they bring them from across the world to drive a car, use a car for a while. And, and there's a huge amount of return on that type of, uh, of branding for them. So, you know, this selling or winning on Sunday and selling on Monday, that is always gets touted out. Uh, that's not relevant as far as I'm concerned anymore uh, in the traditional way that, uh, that we used to market things. So uh, there, there are two things there, really. One, showcasing the technology of your brand. Uh, which, you know, I think that's really why the, uh, the manufacturers are attracted to Formula E, plus, you know, they're inside city centres, most of them. Um, that's one area. And then the other is uh, just really trying to find a way of uh, doing something a bit more creative and, and getting better value for your money, your marketing spend. I don't necessarily think that's uh, branding a set of a rally car and, and hoping that Terrestrial Tele will pick it up. 
Jack, if if I can come to you, we're hearing, you know, I've heard various rumours about, you know, the transmit, you know, the engine and transmissions and stuff like that, you know, coming in a, you know, couple of hundred thousand euro, maybe three hundred thousand euro for everything. That's before you know anything else happens. But you know, look, trying to put a positive spin on it, I guess my my fear is you look at the smaller teams and the smaller team in this instance is probably M Sport and the WRC. You know, could this be a way of perhaps them enticing you know Ford back as a, as, as you know we do know Ford do contribute to it, but it's not at the same level as Toyota and Hyundai. Certainly, could this be a way of, of Ford you know really going okay? Well, this, this this is where we need to be because you know they're not prevalent at the moment in other esports. It's difficult, isn't it? We're, we're kind of in uncharted territory, and that's where things always get difficult for for lawmaking bodies. Um, you know, if you've got a set of information to go off, then it's much easier. Um, it's a difficult, it's it's really a difficult question, Tony, to be honest. And I don't think anyone really knows the answer because, it, like I said, there's not really any information to go off. If you look at Formula E, as, as Trevor was talking about, when that started, it was um, you know a standard chassis and a standard motor so really all the teams did was brand the teams and it was still popular as a, as a manufacturer championship then and when it started to you know gain a lot of interest a lot more manufacturers came in and you know manufacturers did come in when they were when the opportunity was there to develop their own powertrain but you know there's a lot of people who believe that the manufacturers would come in anyway even if they weren't allowed to develop their own their own uh, powertrain so it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think keeping the cost down is extremely important um yeah, I, th- I think it's 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 like um it's a sort of almost a chicken and egg situation. Big decisions need to be made, um, and and those big decisions uh, were at a point where you know the, the sport isn't strong from top to bottom, and therefore these big decisions can can have a massive effect on on the future. So it's important to get them right, and you know be, there will be people upset at how long it's taken the, the FIA to to get things ready. Not least the teams, they'll be. They'll be pretty furious by now. I imagine that they've not got a sheet of, of regulations to work with completely. Um, but at the same time, I can understand the FIA's position where they need to take in as much data as they possibly can and make sure that the, the decision they make is, is right for the future of the sport. You know, would rally fans be happy with a you know a spec powertrain where all the rally cars use the same the same power? And then it's almost rallying's almost better than uh, a lot of other sports for this. Um, you know, the teams will be able to design their own car and you know use their own suspension pickup points and stuff like that we've seen um you know what happened to citroen with the with the c3 and how difficult their their time was with with that um based partly because um you know the shafty was difficult to develop in, uh, into a proper rally car and you know now we've got toyota developing a road car that's you know there's no doubt well it's been designed by tommy mackinan so it will, will have been designed for for them to build on as a rally car so you know the, the faa is making big decisions they're trying to keep everybody happy um, you know, would have switched to to just electric motors um, and let the let the manufacturers design their cars. Would that bring in seven or eight manufacturers like we've seen come into to Formula E in, in circuit racing? You know, the the, the answers are, are not really there at the minute, and it's difficult to predict. Um, before we move away from this, uh, right, uh, Trevor, I don't know whether you've got anything else you want to add to this. Mm, no, I think we've done it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty much covered it we don't want to bore anybody else too too far i don't think should we get to the exciting stuff then should we get to i used the term last week and i was very very quickly shot down quite rightly so because i did say it's swinging chic the first proper rally of the wrc season <laughs> yeah it did. definitely not the first proper one i, I know i know i know bex put me straight i did say it's swinging chic but we have got our first 
proper gravel rally uh, coming up this weekend. Obviously, Rally Mexico, we did a bit of a preview with, with, with Bex last week, if you were listening last week. If not, please go back and download that one, because that was a good episode as well. Probably be better than this one, I'll have to be honest with you, with these reprobates with me, but still. Uh, Ryan Champion, you've not been with us for a couple of weeks. Um, rally Mexico this weekend, we, we, we're going to go through all the boring stuff. Again, I guess of, of, of road sweeping and stuff like that. But I guess we've got our very first uh, experience for Elvin of being a road sweeper on a rally. Uh, I watched an interesting thing the other day with him with regards to, you know, he feels the team have been here before. So he's going to be relying very much on the team to help him um, and be that road sweeper and, and being that first man on the road driving a Toyota. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, there will be there will be road sweeping. We'll hear about that. We'll hear about drivers saying I'm struggling because because of where where I'm positioned in the running order. But um, you know, I think the thing is this year we've got an exciting championship. We've got um, I think we we'll have to see how the next couple of rallies go. But hopefully, we've got you know four championship contenders. We've got uh, you know Alvin Pereira that's, that's maybe going to take a win at some point. We've got an exciting championship. Um, we've got uh, a, a big fight at the front, and I think um, yeah, okay, the, the position will maybe favour some and not others, and that might decide the uh, you know might decide the victory of the rally actually at the end of the first day. But I think it's uh, it's going to be an exciting first day, and as you said, it's uh, it's Alvin's first chance to, to show what he can do in that position. It'll be tough for him, um, but uh, we've also got. Some of the well, particularly I think Oint Tanak, who, um, you know, I'm sure Tanak is is really ready to uh, to stamp his mark on on this year's championship, and, and I'm sure after you know he had a, obviously a good performance in Sweden, terrible opener in Monty, but it puts him in a, a favourable road position, and uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, pushing very very hard early on. Uh, Danny Soder, we're going to see coming in as well, should have a, a great road position. Um, and uh, you know, let's see what what M Sport can do as well because at that time we saw them fighting everything. Absolutely, Trev. Is this going to be a mindset for Elvin? Is this another test of character? Because obviously, we, we we've seen new sides to Elvin, which I think everybody spoke about. It's quite well documented across various platforms. Um, I've, I've seen almost an El- Elvin that's almost grown a f- you know a couple of feet taller in some ways. You know, he, he definitely seems very much happy and at home and everything else. Is this going to be a, a f- well? It is a fresh test of character. Is this something which um, which he can come through? I guess. Yeah, he's mature enough. He's certainly been talking about a lot. He's been thinking about a lot. Uh, he'll be on the right tyres, hopefully. Uh, I think it's about 80 kilometres, isn't there, on the first loop. Then after that, it usually isn't such a big an issue in the second pass because there are only just over 30 cars, I believe. You do remember, of course, that Ogier, uh, if you think back even to 2015, where he was running first on the road for the first two days, uh, because of that rule that year, where uh, and he still went on won the rally. So if he can stay calm and uh, gets his head down for the first morning, that's all he needs to do, and then he's back into it again, and he could be able to run hopefully at a pace that we've seen for the first two rallies of the year. So yeah, he can do it definitely if uh, if he doesn't get frustrated. Of course, you only to sit back and, and watch a few in cars of Seb. Uh, Oje at the end of stages and the way he coped with it over the years so um, yeah it is what it is crack on do it and uh, and then look for the, the well it's only the first morning the end of the day Jack I, I, I mentioned that the, you know the, are you having the fact that you know it, it does feel a little bit like Elvin is, is kind of grown over these last two rallies more so probably over in the last 18 months for some reason whether it's the, the change of overall the change of brand or whatever but there, there is 
there's, there's definitely something happened. He has grown into this almost all of a sudden to us. Hmm. Not sure. Okay. I Go think on. it's too. Early. I think it's too early to make a decision on Elvin for this year. Right. Um, one thing I will say is I think um, we're getting we're getting pretty. Uh, strong proof, I think, that each car suits different drivers better. So, uh, you know, we've seen Ogier struggle a little bit in the Toyota to, to start the season. It's taken him a little while to get going. You know, Elvin's hit the floor running. Oitz, you know, seemingly the pace is is, is almost there, but probably um, he's probably a little bit short than, than where he wants to be at, looking at the, the first couple of stages of Monte and then, and then Sweden. Obviously, he was strong in Sweden, but... Um, uh, I'd like to think, you know, he, he, well, he'd like to think that he'd be, uh, you know, winning that rally if he had uh, any sort of chance. I think, um, Oit. So, yeah, I just think we're getting uh, we're getting a little bit of people bedding into new cars and uh, sussing out the where the limits are. And some people like Sebastian probably not really willing to take the limits. Um, Elvin feeling extremely confident from 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 the word go. So, take, you know, making the most of that. So, it's going to be a very interesting few rallies. I think the road position is not really important as some people make it out to be in Mexico because. As Trev quite rightly pointed out, you know, if if, if you're someone who's, um, you know, if someone who's got talent like Sebastian Ogier, then you can win from first on the road. You can win, you know, a few years in a row from first on the road. So um, I think that's less important. But you know, looking at it, Tanak's quite far back. So I think uh, he's going to be right in the fight this weekend for sure. I was just going to say, I don't think you can get uh, much further back. Uh, uh, you know, just 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 going back to the point we were talking about before with regards to the number of. Of, of WRC cars now, that, you know, it's uh, it, it only it only kind of hits you um, that how many we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight, nine World Rally cars on on Mexico, and I know we've 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 had it worse before, but um, I must admit I got into a false sense of security. I think I think um, Ryan, I think it was you and I spoke about this, whether it was on. Monte Carlo, but that hole that Citroen have left really does seem to be screaming out now, doesn't it? Um, yeah, you certainly, uh, certainly notice there's, there's wanting less. Um, and, you know, when we get into the rallies where, where we're not seeing extra cars, um, you know, from the, from the team, then, then definitely, you know, it's going to seem obviously that there's fewer world runner cars there, but nevertheless. As long as we've got the intense battle, then, then that's great to focus on. It's when you start losing one or two through uh, through retirements, you really want to sit and start getting the, uh, the WRC two and WRC. I'll be careful what I say here, but WRC two and WRC three cars being run up into the uh, the top ten um, because of a you know a limited number of WRC cars. So yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's uh, something we'll see through the year, and uh, you know, like I said, as long as the the, the battle is as intense at the front as we expect it to be, then uh, you know that's at least a great distraction from that. Jack, um, obviously, you and I spoke to uh, Ollie Christian Vb last week. Um, there's been big calls apparently from 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 high and high management for, for, for those guys to, to perform. It's going to be the first time he's out, but it's incredibly strong R5 uh, considering it's a flyaway event. It's it's surprisingly as strong. I think there's 15 R5 cars um, on this particular event, which for me it's it's actually one of the most expensive WRC events to do logistically. Just showing a little bit of of knowledge of obviously what I do for a living, but um, I was surprised to see 15 cars there. But uh, the guys at High and I getting put under a little bit of pressure apparently with a with with an announcement that Adamo is looking for for his drivers to be very much at the sharp end on this one. 
Well, first of all, congratulations to anyone listening who's got logistics on their absolute rally bingo card because uh, Tony's quite nicely ticked that one off for you there. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, it. that's it. We've talked about the WRC <laughs> pyramid and classes, so someone's definitely uh, someone's definitely getting close to a line here. I reckon maybe in a full house. Um, the best news from uh, the best news from WRC two is that Martin Wilkinson's got a new car. He's in a Citroen C three R five this weekend. Okay. My uh, my good friend Marco Bellaccio Wilkinson, who I always call Martin Wilkinson because it's the most obscure rallying joke possibly in the history of rallying. It, 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 it's, it's quite a narrow it's quite a narrow field that you play into with that yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm enjoying that. But yeah, um, to, to answer your question more seriously, in the uh, in the line of Gary Boyd, um, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a reputation to uphold now. See. Um, yeah, I think Grazan and, and Vabia are under a lot, uh, you know, quite a bit of pressure. We've seen um, that Hyundai, um, very, uh, not very happy, but they're, they're uh, you know, content to switch drivers around. Uh, they give Yari Hudson another chance and then and then dropped him and then we saw him come back and, and win the, the class last round out in Sweden, didn't we? So he's a perfect example that the, you know, Hyundai aren't scared to, to drop fast drivers if they're not performing to the level that they're expecting. So that's um, that's definitely a, a big thing for those two to, to perform and, and neither of them has really performed uh, to start the season. So very uh, big rallies for those two. And like you said, it's a good class. There's Tiedemann back, former champion. Um, you know, Oliver Solberg's in there. Uh, there's quite a few kind of not Mexico specialists, but people who kind of do Mexico each year and um, will have a lot of experience at that rally. So the likes of Alberto Herrera, Benito Aguero Jr., those kind of guys. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good class. And I think part of the reason, um, you know, quite interestingly, touching on your last point that we've not got enough WRC cars, um, you know, a big R5 class for a rally that costs so much to go and do, um, which, you know, in, in the past where the WRC has gone through peaks and troughs where the secondary class maybe isn't as strong. Um, you know, we're picking up some, some numbers there. So it's interesting to see how the, the money and the, the, the sort of the, the peaks and troughs sort of play out in, in the rallying pyramid, isn't it? It's, a, it's an interesting point. I was just going to say, Trev, is this obviously now, is this, you know, the, 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 the jump, I suppose, for a, you know, back in the day, we always had privateer WRC cars. Um, and that's obviously clearly not happening now. Obviously, the certain drivers that bring budget, we know we're not going to get, we're not going to go down that particular avenue on this particular podcast. But uh, are we in the realms now where it's it, the, the R5 card now is the go-to for uh, whether you're an aspiring driver or whether you are, um, you know, a driver with budget who just wants to go and do these events? Is that now where we've got to? Is that why we are seeing strength and depth even on these more expensive events? Trev. We've lost Trevor. We've lost Trevor Agnew. That's I disappointing. Think, I, think, I, I, think it's, I think it's really disappointing, to be honest with you, because he was the only one out of all of us that could possibly afford to do the rally. That's true. Do you want me to, do you want me to take the answer to that one, or are you going uh, no, to try no, and yeah, re, you, redial Trev? No, no, no. I think you can, you can take that one. Not a problem at all. Well, you can well, take that the, one. The perfect example to your answer is uh, Pontus Tiedemann. I think if we went back um, sort of mid-2000s, um, Mid 1990s, he'd definitely be in a WRC car, a privateer, um, yeah. either running with one of the manufacturers or you know running his own entry. Um, we've seen how much Talk Sport put into the sport in, in various different places, um, and I'm sure that helped him Pontus to compete this year. So I think he's the perfect example. And you know, um, some people like I don't know what about Oliver Sol- Solberg really. I think they're making the right decision and keeping him. Or giving him at least a full season of um, you know R5 outings and stuff, but he's another one who might appear in in a yeah in a in a 
uh, you know, privacy AWRC car. So, yeah, I think there's people there who, you know, in the past would have made that step up and, and gone for that move. Um, and, yeah, I think maybe, you know, the, the cost is a big thing, Tony, because, you know, we're not, we've not got Yari Masilakvila, um, but we have, got, we have got Gus for this event. Um, so you've got people dropping in and out, people coming in, in, in and out for different rallies and, and doing different things. So obviously that always would have happened, but maybe it looks a little bit more worrying when you've got people... Uh, you know, stepping out, and I don't think um, I don't think Taka's doing this rally, is he? Um, no. Katsusa. So he's another one who's kind of he's another one who's uh, you know passing up on this event. So um, maybe a bit of you know a few peaks and troughs of, um, of of rallying coming in there again. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we have got Trevor Agnew back. Trevor, are you with us? Yep. Yeah. I, I could see. I could see Trevor. I, I know. I saw what I, I've been staring at basically up Trevor's nose all the way through your point then because he had the video camera on, <laughs> which was which was frightening. Um, I'm Tra- glad I can't see that. I, you, 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 you're so lucky, Ryan Champion. Um, but it's just just to go back to the point I made, obviously to Trevor, and then Jack just just picked it up there. It's, it's, it's you know for all intents and purposes, all joking aside, I know we've. We've kind of gone back and forth over this WRC2 and this WRC3 thing. Putting all those points aside, you know, as has R5, uh, you know, has R5 kind of potentially been the saviour here of the sport in some ways? Because, you know, you've got both gentlemen drivers, to use the term, and aspiring drivers that are now using that platform to go and do WRC. Yeah, and we've got importers, you know, and you see Hyundai reference the importers as well. They're very important. That's why they go to events in Portugal, for example, that rally on FAF that they did. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to uh, to back a local uh, where they can get uh, publicity in their own countries. We've spoken about this before. Uh, so that's been quite interesting. Uh, it goes back to the conversation you had with OCV, same as everybody else you talk to. They want to be the first R5 car, and I don't think we need to go over old ground with it. I'm not no. sure what exactly else we need to talk about. No, 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 it's done. But thanks for making that point because I, I made it to Ryan Champion, but you picked it up. So it's fine. It's not a problem. Ryan, are you still there? Because we're not sure you any love for a while. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, and I just think it comes down to cost. Simple as that. Uh, the current WRC cars are just so expensive. Um, you know, you just mentioned Pontus Tiedemann. We, we saw him uh, with, a, with a limited program last year in the third car. and uh, But it's just almost impossible for people to, to raise the budgets to run these cars privately. So uh, our five cars are... You know, obviously, it's been a, a consistent platform for the last few years now. There's a number of different uh, manufacturers in there, so therefore, there's a number of different teams. And, and yeah, it's uh, it's a level playing field. Whereas, uh, and I'm not going to say an affordable level playing field, but it is a, a level playing field that people can raise a budget for, whereas WRC simply isn't now. Right, boys, dangly bits on the table. Top three, please, for Rally Mexico. Uh... Jack Bennion. But of course, you mentioned dangly bits, and then you came to me first. Hey, hey. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks, because, thanks because, very much. because yours are not dangling that much yet, because they still haven't dropped. There you go. <laughs> uh, moving on, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'm going to go. Audrey for the win. Okay. I'm going to go. Tanak second. Yep. And I'll go. Nerville third. Okay. Trevor Agnew? Ogier to win. Evans second. Tanak third. And Ryan champion. Tanak for the win. Yeah. Ogier second. And Danny Sordo third. 
Okay. Um, I mentioned mine last week. I, uh, uh, so I went straight for a win. I went Sebastian Ogier for, for, for the win. So I'm not going to change that, obviously. Well, you didn't uh, go Benito Guerrero. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Elvin second. And I'm going to go Tanak third. There you have go. You've written, you written those down? Yes, I have. They're on the pad. Well, the, now anyone who's listening to Absolute Rally can go and do the Absolute Rally podcast fantasy league now and go up against us. Can you, do you want to tell our listeners how to do that, please? Oh, God. <laughs> no, you do it, Tony. No, I haven't <laughs> got a clue. That's the problem. <laughs> You've put me right on the spot here, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, because I've had so many messages. I'm going to find a way to do a Twitter tutorial just for you, Tony. Okay, my new business for this week. Uh, good luck to everybody on West Cork. We've got uh, a bit of a preview of West Cork coming up later on. We've got Craig Green and we've got Killian Duffy. Uh, also this, this weekend, uh, I'm finally dusting down the overalls. Second round of BTRDA. Uh, I'm back out in, in my little Fiesta R2. Stages look snowy and a little bit icy, but they were last year and we still have got quite a good result. Uh, really looking forward to being back out in the car. Some really, really quick kids in R2s as well who will keep it nice and honest and uh, some, some some really, really good cars as well at the top of the field as well. So good luck to everybody. Uh, if you're out on the stages, uh, stay safe. And uh, folks, uh, the boys will be back next week to talk about Rally Mexico and we'll be back after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Um, a bit Coming up a little bit later on, we've got Craig Breen talking about um, West Cork this weekend, which is the second round of the Irish Tarmac Series, also the second round of the British Rally Championship. A one man you always find wandering around the stage end with his fantastic Facebook Live footage is Killian Duffy. Hello, Killian. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thanks for having me on, Tony. It's good to have you back because you are the man, without a shadow of a doubt, we need to be talking to about what has to be uh and we keep saying this and i feel like a broken record but 26 r5 cars that are going to be starting uh west cork this weekend which i find absolutely mind-blowing and it's every shape size and option now i think i don't think there's i don't think there's a brand that's not represented it's exciting times in some ways isn't it oh it's very exciting and you know, when you look back at West Cork last year, you have to go, you know, what a race we're in for this weekend. You know, there's Polos, there's Hyundais, there's Fords, like the Skodas, it's like everything is there, Proton, and, and like, it's going to be an exciting race. Like, it was so, so close last year. Okay, Craig won it last year, but, you know, Matt Edwards, uh, Tom Cave, Josh Moffat, Sam Moffat, Alistair Fisher. I mean, it's going to be really impossible to pick a winner for, for this weekend. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see Obviously, uh, Ali Fisher in the Fiesta, you know, the, the new Fiesta R5, obviously jumping ship from, from the Polo, which has freed up the Polo, of course, from, for Robert Barrowville, who we'll talk about very, very shortly. But, um, uh, again, you know, obviously it was quite emotional, the, 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 the first round win. Uh, so I was quite surprised to see him move, make this move across. Was it something that caught everybody by surprise over there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose when you have a win in Formula and it was your first win, you'd imagine that you'd, you'd sort of wouldn't change anything going to the second round. But, I mean, he's campaigned a Mark 1 Fiesta for a long time. I'm sure before he made the decision, like he had that day or two testing in Cork in the M Sport over in Cork for a test. 
I think Matt Edwards was there and received So, I mean, the decision wasn't it just by chance. I imagine that he's drove the car and that he's equally as happy in the car before he decided to move from the front polo. Uh, again, it, it, the, the polo is, is one which there wasn't that many about. Um, you know, it seemed to be, you know, I, I remember talking to somebody who was who was looking to order one who was in a lucky enough position to be buying a brand new R5 and there was this massive waiting list and then all of a sudden you look at the West Cork entry list and straight away there's four polos. I don't know where they're all coming from all of a sudden, but we've now got four polos. We've got multiple high end eyes. We've got multiple new Fiestas. We've got multiple Protons now. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, and I know the guys over there were very, very unsure originally about going the R5 route and, and you know, having R5 cars, uh, only scoring points now, isn't it, for the championship? Obviously, the older world cars can't do that. Do you think everybody's now on board? Sounds like a stupid question, but is everybody now on board with R5? I think so. I think so. Um, like, you know, they're cheaper to run. They're equally as good to watch. And to be fair, you have to admit now that the gap between, we'll say, a 13 or 14 spec WRC car and an R5 car is almost non-existent I mean the R5s are just are moving on with the times you know the development whereas the older world cars even the two cars you know they're old hat old chassis the brakes wouldn't be as good turn in everything is good and um, okay the more power but as you know it takes a lot more than power on, on a stage to, to get times but I think the R5 is the way to go I think it's probably going to you know go into the national championship after the tarmac championship but I think the big Thing, I suppose for your older sort of driver, your, your guy in his 40s that enjoys doing the, the Tarmac Championship is it, the pity that you can't run the R5s in right and drive like they used to with the uh, right and drive WRC car, 98, 99 Subarus and so on and I think you would you know what, I think you'd have another five cars at least in West Cork if, if the right and drive was allowed to uh, compete for, for honours. I think that was the market, I think probably Proton went for wasn't it I know the guys at Mellors Elliott quite well obviously they they homologated uh, a right hand drive car the only yes they, they, they did and, and you have to admit that Ollie Mellors had a fantastic run in the burst stages and that, I suppose though guys are nervous about what they're not sure about and, and you know it's a lot of money for a car that you know probably hasn't been competing in the WRC all that much um, okay, Ollie would have did it, you know, definitely in Burr with the run that he had. But I think, you know, your guy likes the, the Ford and the, you know, coming from a Focus WRC or a suit, more like a, a Fiesta. That's either way, way of thinking, I would say. The, the, the competition, Craig's coming back for this one. Um, we've got Craig coming up a little bit later on, so I'm not going to ruin that too much for for our for our listeners. Um, uh, I suppose Craig coming back for for the crack. I think he's doing it obviously for 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 and Eye as well. Uh, for them to get experience, we're hearing lots of things about the possibilities of obviously uh, maybe WRC, maybe going to, um, to 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 Ireland. You know, maybe replacing the GB. As we know it, there seems to be a lot of testing going on over there at the moment. What what are you hearing, Killian? Are you hearing anything positive about maybe a bigger event coming there? That's why it's all of a sudden M Sport and High and I are perhaps looking at Ireland again. Well, I'm not sure that is the the, the fact that they've possibly WRC return. I'm not hearing huge talk about it over here. Um, uh, at at the moment, uh, personally, now that's not to say that there hasn't been huge talks happening. But to be honest, like. They have to look at their customer market here. Like, aside from any WRC event coming and testing and so on, like, you know, Ford, Hyundai now are, are really, you know, they're 
not railroading, but they're getting a lot more cars into into Ireland, and it is a big market. And um, then Ford at the minute, but again, Hyundai has the backing. You know, they have a manufacturer behind them; they can do deals. So I suppose, you know, that's what they're trying to do is sort of get more and more cars into the market. So everyone that would have a Mark 1 Fiesta, rather than going for the Mark 2, that they buy a Hyundai. So, uh, you know, that's the, the advantage that Hyundai have. So I'd say it's as much for to gain new customers as it is to prepare for a possible WRC event here. Um, coming to the events aside, obviously from Craig, who's you, there to, for, for his own reasons and behind our reasons, we start looking at the respective championships. Uh, obviously, we, we mentioned Matt before. We mentioned that uh, Alistair Fisher, uh, yeah, multiple multiple winner Donna Kelly's there as well. Um, where are we seeing where, where, where are we seeing strengths and weaknesses? And, and I suppose putting it completely and utterly on your toes, as I do like to do, Killian, as you know. Mm-hmm. Where are we seeing our respective winners this weekend? Oh, it's going to be very, as I said, it's very, very difficult to call a winner. I mean, it's very hard to look at, you know, you have the consistency, the confidence, and he'll never want to finish second. Um, like Alistair, though, you know, he's really matured as a driver. I think he's going to give him a big headache. Matt, again, Matt's tail is up. Uh, you know, he put in the Ulster West Cork the last number of years. He's put in a fantastic performance. Tom Cave is going to be there. As you said, Donna Kelly is a previous winner. You know, I can't see him winning it. Um, uh, this year, I, I, you know, not that, I don't think he'll be far away. I think there's, you know, there's going to be drama. There's going to be action. They're all not going to finish. That's a certainty because they're going to be all pushing, pushing as hard as they possibly can. I mean, Josh Moffat was leading May up until the uh, second last stage uh, last week. He had a mechanical issue. Then Donna went on to take the win. I mean, he's match fit as well. He knows the stages down in West Cork. As I said, he is a, a multiple uh, winner. Um, okay, he was in, in the focus, but it's it's really, really hard to call it. You know, it depends, I suppose, what sort of tyres that Craig, uh, you know, is going to appear on. Is he going to come in MRFs or is he going to come in Pirelli or Michelin? So, I mean, that's going to have a massive bearing on the result as well. Like, if he comes in MRFs, then, you know, I, I can't see him winning it. Like, um, and that's no disrespect to the tyres. They're just not proven here. And, um, you know, but Alistair Fisher, I think, is going to be there, there about, He's, you know, him and Craig, and I think Mash and Tom will be. I'm, I'm talking maybe a second or two a stage. It's going to be small, small gaps. I, I'm imagining. Uh, as you say, ex- ex- exciting times. I don't even want to. I, I love watching. I love watching the coverage of the best of times. But when you start getting into the modified, it just seems to go to a completely different level. And uh, I, I don't think modified actually kind of does some of the cars justice there does it you, know, you look at some of the no. the whole you know we're, we're, we're big on home engineering i guess when we talk about you think about the years gone by likes of andy burton and people like that and david kiniston with the the mad audi mm. used to do the tarmac series mm. but there's some proper home engineering and some proper money that's been you know balls of money put into some of these cars the modified class and you know there's some very very quick quick boys there as well who, who end up getting in amongst some of the back markers in r5 as well Oh, that's for sure. Even the mid-markers, to be honest, like there's going to be guys uh, like, you know, the, the speed these guys are going incredible. Like Mayo was on there just at the weekend. And Gary Kern and David Bogey were up at the times pretty much of, on some stages of Don Kelly. And like the conditions couldn't be any worse for a modified car. I mean, the stage shiny, they were muddy. Didn't favour a, a, a 2.5 car at all. 
and the guys were, were putting it up to them. So West Cork is a lot more power state. You know, you're up the gears all the time. It's fast-flowing roads. But as you can see, like, you know, when Gary Kern had a great battle with Nick O'Hervin last year, up until the point that um, Gary uh, broke on the second day. But, like, these guys are at such a level. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be another battle within the rally. And uh, it's a battle that's equally as intensely followed uh, by spectators and followers as the, as the battle for the top of the R5. I always get the feeling, and, and just just to finish off with this, but there's almost like two sets of rally spectators over in Ireland. There's your modified spectators, and there's kind of your R5 slash wheel rally car, you know, in, in the past spectators. Almost like there's a, like a rival faction that oh, I'm a modified guy, and but I'm an R5 guy. Have I got that right, or am I just am I just making stuff up in my head? Yeah, you can. That's the case. I think it was more re- prevalent when the WRC cars. Uh, you know, obviously they had, they had uh, we'll say, more power and, you know, at the time the, the modified just weren't as quick as they are now. Um, but the R5, I think, yeah, you have you have different people. Like I know for some people even say that when the R5 cars are passing, the safety cars are the double O cars until the modified rally comes. Um, you know, and they obviously run, run amongst the field. Um, I think the first uh, modified cars in the 20s. Um, but, yeah, you do have your sets of spectators. But, again, you know, no one's going to complain about the spectacle of the R5s um, this weekend or the modifieds, indeed. Everyone's going to be pushing like hell, and I think we're in for a great weekend. Absolutely. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Uh, Killian, thanks so much for joining us. We will get you on very, very soon. Folks, as I mentioned before, we're going to go to a little break, and then we're going to come back with Craig Breen. This is Absolute Rally. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to Absolute Rally and welcome back to Friend of the Show. We've not had him for ages, but possibly one of the busiest men in rallying at the moment, I think. Are you Craig Breen? Are you the busiest man in rallying at the moment? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to be. Well, it is. It's good because last year, obviously, you were here, there, and everywhere, doing events everywhere. You're in different cars and stuff like that. Um, obviously, we've seen you back in a world rally car now, obviously, very much part of the Hyundai family is that is, is that a nice feeling now to be part of a family again yeah no it is to be fair yeah no it is it's nice to have a to have somebody to certainly going, going forward you know last year was very much you know, up and down and, and you know, you know, you know where the next uh, next rally was going to be but now at least you know we've got some sort of a you know, a concrete uh, structure in place. So, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you you, you you won something last year, which I know, obviously, you, you, you're a man who loves your history. You finally, obviously, secured the Irish Tarmac title last year, which was a tick in the box for you, I think, most definitely. I wasn't expecting to see you um, come back out on that this year because of your commitments in the European Rally Championship, obviously the World Rally Championship. So what was the lure of, of, of getting a deal and, and coming back out for this weekend? Yeah, just Ireland. <laughs> There's no, no other way, no other way to put it. I, I love the place, uh, you know, and I love the roads. I love the people. Um, just uh, yeah, from the minute I, I, uh, I went back last year and on Galway, uh, the enjoyment myself and Paul got from it was unlike anywhere else in the world, uh, and, I, and I mean that. And you know, I don't, I don't want to say that I want, to, I want to remain a professional driver in Ireland for the rest of my life, but. 
the buzz that I get from driving the roads that we have uh, back at home is is unlike anywhere else. So, um, you know, every time an opportunity arises, I take it with two hands. And um, obviously, you know, this I only have, have sold a lot of our five cars into the country uh, the last the last couple of months. Uh, you know, it seems to be uh, the new new trend. A lot of people going that way. And obviously, Ireland is very very specific. Um, and if you've seen with the Fiestas over, over the last uh, last you know decade between Focus and Fiesta. It's been so well sorted for, for Irish Tarmac. So uh, I spoke a little bit with Andrea and uh, we're going to try and make uh, make some sort of an Irish uh, an Irish Tarmac kit for the for the R5 car uh, to try and make it uh, even more competitive than it is now. And that's what we're going to try and uh, you know work on this week. That, that, you know, that, that and that is incredible, really, because it must be nice to go to the boss and go, do you know what? There's a really everybody else is you know because I always think back to the pro drive days and you know you you think you know they very much did that didn't they you know there was the there was the Irish tarmac setup you know there was very specific thing and that obviously M Sport have, have gone on and done something very similar so it must be nice to go to the boss and go look there's the, the key to the door here is a specific setup why don't we go and do this it must be nice to have that in your back pocket to be able to go because not every driver probably sees stuff like that do they you know what I mean and that's nothing against any of your colleagues or stuff like that but that's not something that everybody would necessarily go and do no and I don't get wrong there was an element of me just wanting to go and well. so, there was, there was I wasn't going to say that Craig I was giving you an out mate I was giving you an out but uh, no to be fair you know it, it's you know you said it yourself between ProDrive and Emsford they've kind of had the monopoly uh, you know of Irish Jamaica stuff for the last the last you know 10, maybe 20 years. So, um, and I really do think if, if you take care of the market here, you know, you do make a product that will work, that will work well on, on these so specific roads and special roads, and then, you know, it'll, it'll reap the reward. So I hope, uh, obviously we haven't done the work yet, but I'm, I'm hoping over the next couple of days we can, we can really get the car dialed in. We're going to have the, the, the damper supplier PKM is coming over as well to, to, to set up the car and we've got some different ideas, um, to try and make it work. And, you know, hopefully we can we can make the car really really work well. You know, the car is already competitive uh, on, on Irish Jam. I got to say myself and Paul won Ulster last year. Um, you know, uh, Josh Josh Moffat is doing well in the car this year. Uh, he's already won a rally in it. So uh, you know, I think you can only definitely make the car better. Um, there must be the challenge of looking at this entry. And you know, we 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 talk quite a lot about concerns, maybe you know about R five and things like that. Yeah. But when you see an entry like this, it kind of blows the arguments out the water. You know, what is it, 25, 26 R5s on West Cork this weekend? It's just phenomenal. And it's not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of people perhaps uh, who can afford to be in an R5 car, but uh, and it may not be at the sharp end, which is fine. You know, that, that that's fine. That's their prerogative. But you look at this entry and the top 20, 25 are all potentially at the sharp end and they're all potentially putting faster stakes times in. That's that must be uh, a little bit of a pressure in itself because you know, last year I'm sure you felt like you had the targets on your back, but you know more so I guess this year now because obviously you, you are you know as we said at the top there you know part of the high end family and stuff like that. So there'll be people you know if I can get past Craig Breen then I've got that story to tell as well. 
Yeah, I think last year was worse. Uh, I think last year I was feeling a lot more pressure because, you know, I, I was really going into the unknown and, and every rally I was kind of going into the unknown because I was, you know, fighting against people that had done 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 these events year in, year out. So, you know, now that I've managed to win, okay, managed to win the majority of them, uh, you know, I, I've managed to tick all the boxes. Donegal aside is the only one that I've managed to tick. But, um, you know, I, I, I do feel a little bit more relaxed uh, this year and I, I just enjoy it, you know what I mean? And, I suppose, uh, yeah, you're going into people's backyard, and I've seen it now after doing regional championships, you know, pretty much all over Europe the last couple of years. And when you when you do go to people's home home events, it is it is really difficult to beat them, and, and you know, it's it's more important about being fast everywhere you go. Uh, you know, and I, I know that, like for example, uh, you know, at Donegal last year, uh, you know, I was I was you know. One and second behind Sam Moffat was never going to catch him, uh, no matter what happened during all the events. But then the following weekend went to Ypres, probably you know one of one of the toughest Tamek events in Europe, and was able to was able to win that one. So it's I, I know on my own you know ability that I can do it. I can do it everywhere. Uh, you know when these guys when you're going in the backyard, uh, you know you're really you're really really up up against it. So and it's good for, it's good for us to keep the level up. You know what I mean? It's it is good to be able to you know because the, the pace that these boys are on is is, is not to be uh, is not to be sniffed at. You know and I've seen that in every rally last year. I think the most we won a rally by was was twenty seconds or something like that. So it's um you know it's a, it's a big old race every time you go out here. Which is phenomenal, isn't it? If we if we can. Just expand on obviously this year at the moment. We we've seen you in a world rally car once. Do we know any more yet with regards to when you're going to be back in a world car and, and any world championship events, even in an R5 car perhaps? Uh, the WRC events, I don't know. Uh, I I would be I would be disappointed if I wasn't back out again. Obviously, the intention is, uh, but I, I, a lot of other things have to have to fall into line before before it will happen again. Um, it's uh, obviously now we're just focusing on the on the European Championship program. Uh, I, you know, I don't think in the next one or two events in, in the World Championship will be out, but hopefully, um, hopefully towards the end of the season we might get uh, we might get a few more again. So uh, obviously, yeah, I enjoyed. But we always enjoy the time we have in the World Cup. Sweden was a bit difficult. Obviously, you know, a very short rally, difficult conditions. Um, you know, it was it was perhaps uh, not the event that we, we were expecting, but you know, definitely I'd like to try and get it back out before the end of the year again. European Rally Championship, obviously, it's it's kind of like going back in time a little bit for you. I remember you, obviously, very early on, I suppose, with, with in 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 R five with regard, you know, with, with with Peugeot and stuff like that. And and you know, what's 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 the feelings going back? Obviously, we 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 know you probably want to be in the World Rally Championship, but the events, there's some really really good events in, in, in ERC, and you've also obviously, it, it feels like you're doing proper events as well because they're over a period of days. Obviously, there's a proper wrecking and things like that. Is there is there is there any any trepidation going back to ERC for you this year? Um, I, I guess it is a little bit mixed feelings. Uh, don't get me wrong, you know, you, you can't fight the hand that feeds you, and you know, when an opportunity comes, you take it and you enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it does feel like a bit of a a bit of a step back. Uh, you know, I won't say that the pace is. Is a is a lot slower. I won't say that level is the, the level is lower, but just it does it does feel a little bit strange to be stepping away from from the world championship. But um, still, no, I am looking forward to it. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a few years, uh, I think five years since uh, since we did a, f- a full program. Um, and uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a challenge, obviously, with MRF as well, a new, completely new tire uh, to try and uh, produce and, and develop. And you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big challenge. But look at it, it's kilometers. Uh, you know, I saw it last year. Even doing, even doing the driving in in, uh, in Ireland and the Italian Championship and, and whatever else. You know, once you just keep in the car all the time, you know, it's keeping you fresh. So, um, you know, when this opportunity presented itself, you know, I had to I had to take it with two hands and and just try and put all all my efforts into it. 
does it make it all the more kind of sweeter when you do go back to the World Championship? And that's no disrespect to you know doing the Irish tarmac and obviously doing ERC this year, but it is such a big jump even going into service and stuff like that it is just it all it almost like going to outer space when you go into high and high service isn't it on a world championship event whereas you know everything's a bit more probably a little bit more what we're all used to in in, in service areas and stuff like that but going going back into that world and going back does it does it kind of do you still have the pinch yourself moment when you're going into service on a world championship event <laughs> yeah you know it is, it is a bit crazy you know obviously doing <clears throat> doing the event back home last year you know it was it was my own you know, Tom Gahan and, and, and my own sort of friends giving a hand. And, you know, when he came into service, there was a table, you know, a sliced pan and a packet of ham. And, you know, he did, he did, your, he, he, you know, he did your own thing, which was, which was great. You know, that was part of the whole thing. There was no airs of graces about it. And, you know, suddenly then you go from that to, you know, uh, into the, obviously, you know, everyone has seen the big, the big on the hospitality. So, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is a bit of a change, to be fair, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's definitely something that... Uh, that uh, you know, I do, I do make the most of. I do like having lots of cups of tea during the during the during the rally weekend, and you know, it is a nice place to go and to go and work and, and chill out between the stages. So, uh, but yeah, no, it is. It does seem very surreal, and I do feel you know extremely, extremely lucky to be uh, one of what well, now is a very select few, uh, you know, uh, world championship drivers in, in a rally car. So. Um, definitely, yeah. Whenever we can get back out to that again, we'll be we'll be grabbing it with two hands. Incredible. How 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 hard are Adama's hugs? <laughs> yeah, it can be uh, on the borderline of breaking your ribs, <laughs> breaking your ribs sometimes. Uh, but look, it's, it's a sign of uh, it's a sign of passion. Uh, you know what I mean? He he absolutely loves your sport. Uh, he's probably the only man that I've met that knows more uh, historical stats and figures than me, uh, which is a brave, very very brave thing to say. But uh, he he is absolutely the master. Uh, so you know, I definitely have a connection with him on that on that level. Uh, you know what I mean? He's, he's the ultimate uh, bubble hatter. So I get along, you know, extremely well with him. You know, he's got so much experience uh, for you know so so many years. So I uh, yeah, but I definitely brilliant. I guess it helps as well as you say when you've got that connection with somebody, you can talk to them and everything else. But uh, no, he, he you know he, I I liken him to. He always reminds me, and I've said this so many times on the podcast. Um, I used to play a lot of football and he just reminds me of a football manager and he's just somebody you want to play for. You know, you can just imagine the bollockings must be, you know, must be hard. But equally, he's just somebody you just want to go out and please. You know, it's just, he, he gives me that impression of, of, of kind of like a football manager where if he says you've just made a good pass, you feel good about yourself for the next, you, know, you feel 10 feet tall. Is it a bit like that? Does he, do, you know, is, 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 you know, will he give you that kind of pat on the back and go, good job and things like that? And does it have that feeling where you do feel a bit, a bit, a bit taller when he's, when the boss has gave you a bit of praise? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? He's, uh, He's, he's, he's passionate and he's passionate in personal and uh, and, and negative situations. <laughs> That's the best way to describe yeah. it. So uh, look at yeah, if it is you know the first person running behind you when uh, you know when, when you need a bit of a bit of a bit of a push or if, you know uh, you know if you have done something good, you know you definitely make it make it known. Uh, and like when he's just he's a while, he'll, he'll do the same. But you know he's just like I said, passionate and saying it over and over again. But he is probably the, the most passionate man I've ever. Uh, for any sport that I've ever uh, I've ever come across, so he, he just wants to win. Uh, you know what I mean? He, it's not that he would like to win; he he wants to win. It. There's a very very big difference between the two. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Listen, mate, I know you've got a very, very busy week and you've got testing plans and stuff to put together. So I really do thank you for checking in and letting us have a catch up, mate. So I will let you crack on and uh, have a fantastic event this weekend. Good luck, stay safe, and uh, we'll keep an eye on the results, mate. Perfect. Thank you very much. Happy days, Craig Reed. Thanks for joining us at Absolute Rally. Folks, we'll be back with Ken Block's manager, Derek Dornsey, after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the final section this week of Absolute Rally. And I did mention this right at the top of the programme, but uh, it's somebody I've been trying to get back after a... a sterling first appearance on on Absolute Rally, which had everybody talking. He kept us waiting eighteen months. It nearly it's is been now. Long. It has oh. been Derek Dornesy. <laughs> Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Well, I can't believe it's been eighteen months. Time just flies, doesn't it? No, it it is nuts. And I've mentioned this before, but the first part of this, rather than Derek going through all this all over again, was on the fourteenth of the ninth, eighteen. Dig out that podcast, find it. I've re-listened to it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so there you go. So um, thanks for coming back on, Derek. It seemed a really good time to get you. Um, one, to say good luck for Rally Mexico. Two, I wanted to ask you about the new car and what's going to be going on with it. Um, and yeah, so unfortunately, we all seen what happened to the original Cosy. Was the mindset because that one went, we've got to build another one, as opposed to going in a completely different direction? Was it was it really to, to kind of resurrect something quite literally from the flames? Yeah, it was kind of. It was like it was like we hadn't done all the business we wanted to do with the car in theory, um, and we had such a massive uh, response from you know people in the sport, but a lot of people outside the sport, and a lot of people that had never seen that car you know, really in competition and not because of, um, that makes me feel old. Like a, <laughs> yeah. Me it, feel it's really famous, well, think, think about, think about it for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it, it, it was really like, um, the younger, the younger people love the lines of that car. And we kind of reintroduced the whole concept of what it was about, where people were going back and looking at the old videos and what, you know, the competition it was involved with. And at the, at the time, you know, the cars were fairly spectacular on tarmac. But we didn't want to, we lost the the, the V1, the first version. Um, We were going to just buy another car. And then, you know, the original idea was to basically maybe put some wider arches on the car and do Ken's normal spin on it. But from a time point of view, when when we first got that car, we had like 17 days when it landed in America to convert it to left-hand drive and get it ready for its first rally. So that's how it kind of stuck. And there was, you know, as I said, people were coming from, People were literally coming like four or five hours driving in America to see the car and not necessarily going and watching the stages just to see this, you know, this different looking car. So to go into V2, um, we've gone down the avenue of Ken coming up with uh, the concept of some slightly wider arches and a bit of a look direction we wanted. We went to Rally Spain and um, Ken had been approached by Ash Thorpe, who's an unbelievably brilliant designer, um, does special effects, but also has got this big, um, interesting, you know, radical-looking cars. And um, Ken just got chatting to him, and he he basically sent a concept over whilst we were in Spain, and I'd already commissioned MDV to 
start doing some work and the, the first set of body panels were being, you know, shaped and molded and Ken's kind of spin on it. And uh, I'll never forget it. The, 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 the Ash had sent me a scheme across, which was just in grey, but it was um, this radical looking car, which, which is exactly what we've got now, in theory, or how it looks. And you, you took one look at it and you think, bloody hell, we need to build this car. <laughs> so we came back from Spain and had to have a go down to MDV really quickly and uh, it, it was a really late call but the, the boy stepped up to it and said you know it's possible we looked at the time scale to get it ready for 100 acre wood start of 19 and um, it was a real labour of love the boys down there just you know over Christmas we had a deadline of getting the car into the body shop and then you know gave everything back to try and you know to trying to get the body work done but then we wanted to try we had we had problems with um, that car, when that car rolled we had an issue with the fan change on the box and Ken wanted to try and go with something a bit more modern so we've come with a ZF box and uh, and some modern electronics on it again you know the old uh, circuit boards on the on the diff controllers were just problematic um, so we kind of tried to a, give it a spin of a bit of a WRC what would a WRC car look like if it was based on the Escort and just try and make it a bit more reliable so but it was it was an unbelievable amount of hard work to get the car done and then shipped across to uh, America in time so, so there, were, there were UK cars because there was a little rumour that I don't know whether it was necessarily the first one um, it may have been the first one was sourced not a million miles away from where I sit and record this podcast on the outskirts of Liverpool is that was that true or false <laughs> No, it wasn't Liverpool. It was just further up. It was David Campton's car. So, oh, okay. It um, wasn't the one I thought it was then. Okay. No, the World Rally car was purchased not far from you. So yeah. That was the base car for for number two. So, right. Okay. So that was the R E X R E D car then. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and that that you know the difficulty is is you know you you're trying to find a good base car that's nice and clean, and it's very difficult. I looked at probably for the first car, I looked at probably six or seven cars. And, you know, the, the same much work to do to them to get them back to something decent. And it's going to be like a straight car in theory. So, um, is there a problem the cars, when, to be fair. Is there a problem when you're picking the phone up and calling somebody, though, and they put two and two together, all of a sudden that the telephone number suddenly becomes the price, <laughs> let alone anything yeah. else? Was, did you have that as well? Well, to be fair... Um, both the cars we got um, a reasonable price, I'd say. So, okay. and okay, I, you know, maybe it wasn't. I didn't say who they were for to start off with. Hopefully, they didn't click who I was. But I don't think it would have made any difference to. We bought them from both parties. There were, you know, I don't think there was any kind of uh, Kimbrock tax on them as in some respects, <laughs> which is nice because the one thing you don't want to do is, you know, you start any relationship with when, you, when you're buying from somebody. We've always been straight with whoever we deal with, so you know, it's fairly good in theory. So the plan for this year, obviously, that last year's plan was mega. It was kind of, it almost felt like, and, and I know it wasn't, but to me, it kind of felt like a farewell tour, almost like a band farewell yeah. tour. Yeah. It kind of now clearly that's not what the case is. Uh, but you took in, you know, we 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 don't use the word lightly, but we do throw around some iconic events. Um, yeah. uh, what's the plan for this year? We know Mexico's quite uh, quite, you know, you've got quite fond memories in Mexico. Or certainly, Ken has as well. Is that why Mexico's uh, on the diary? And, and where else are we going? Um, the, the option was basically we we contacted um, Patrick and Gilles on the organisers and um, just asked them um, if they were going to run a national event and whether we, because it, it, obviously the biggest problem is the car fitting into into a class that's acceptable. 
within the eventing theory. We knew they ran the national um, rounds on the well on the on the rally a few years back, um, and we'd obviously going down the route of open class in America to try and you know, come across and do the national events. So that's how that started. So um, they've helped out quite a lot, and uh, we are running in a national class, and you know we do the whole rally. So uh, Ken's, Ken's always been fairly good at that. He's finished in the top ten twice. So. Um, kind of suits him the eventers and uh, of course you know it's a it's a fantastic event fantastic um, stages but also really well run as well so um, and you know we can you know two and a half days and we're down in, in the actual venue driver for the workshop so it kind of ticked all the boxes that the actual time scale's good and we can kick the season off with it so it ticked so many different boxes but um, but you know the first off was that Kim wanted to go back and do that event I'm going to, I'm probably going to get links for this. I am looking at an image of it and I, I genuinely love the color scheme. Um, can I ask where the, cause obviously the, 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 the rear half of it is self-explanatory. Obviously the wonderful people at Monster, of course, which Ken's had such a long relationship with the front half of it. Um, where's the inspiration from for that? And I'm not just talking about the, 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 the rainbow effect. I'm even talking about the kind of the gray and white effect on the front. Yeah. I mean, what happens is that in December, the, we look at, um, I think Marcus, who, who does some uh, graphic design, we sit at a, a marketing meeting, we had it in the middle of December, and we there must have been 20 or 30 schemes that we'd look at different concepts and different ideas of scheme and what works with the car, what doesn't work with the car. Um, but it's really difficult because if you look at, when we first took the V1 Escort, the one at Court Light, um, at that time, we tried. Remember the Tiger Stripes, the first test car yeah. came out. We, we yeah. tried. We tried that on there with different um, color schemes. But the, the, the problem is that a lot of the schemes get saturated when you have to add the sponsors' name, and you know you break up the car so much that the, the design looks either too busy or you know it doesn't look uh, as if it's like um, we want it to look like a piece of artwork. That's, that's the idea. It needs to be like iconic. So. The strange thing is that colour scheme is the first one that we looked at. We went through a, a great big batch of everything and went back to that colour scheme. And there's a, a few tweaks with it, and Ken's unique, like changing a, one of the striped colours. Um, but, but I thought last year's was really good, but this year's looks really aggressive. So it seemed to go down very well at the Burnyard, the Hoonigan Burnyard, on, on Saturday when we debuted the livery. Um, but um, what we saw with the car, with last year's car and V1, was. You know, a lot of people just come to take photographs of it. So you've got to deliver something different and something that people are attracted to in theory. So quite happy with it. It's come out really well. The wheels seem to have a, a throwback as well. Um, and I'm trying to think of what they remind me of. Um, and I'm thinking probably Group A, maybe, uh, I don't know. They, 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 they look similar to, a, a, maybe the old Group A lamps here. Wheel. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look a bit like that. That's that's. I mean, it's a wheel that our sponsors got. Wheel run with a obviously the the gravel wheel is slightly different. Yeah, that's really our show wheel that's on that the car for that in some respects. Because we did, he basically did a livery launch and did some donuts on the way out from um, where the actual live launch was. So um, we put those wheels on. So he got the Toyo road tires, our show tires, so he could, he could smoke a bit. So, but they are they are very similar to the Group A Lancia wheel. There's definitely, you know, there's, it, it definitely feels like it's a nod to something from period. Let's put it that way. 
I definitely yeah, feel like. That, I mean, that's what the that's one of the key things. The elements of the car. We, if you look on this car compared with last year, we've gone back to the original Group A uh, light arrangements rather than the smaller LED Hella ones. That you know, we kind of give it a modern twist with the with, with last year. Now we've come back, and it really it looks so much better with the with the period lights back in it, and the, the inner light blanked off. And, and that, that carries on to the bonnet where you've got the original uh, bonnet vents and then you've got the rear spoiler. We've added a bit of a, a kicker to that with a little bit of a lip on it. But, you know, in theory, there's still enough of the heritage there to make the car look quite balanced. It's unmistakable what it is. You know, if you and maybe it's just because of our ages and stuff like that. But even with the modern twist, there's no mistaking what it is. And I think that's that. that I think that's what key to it as well. I think no, it's, it's, no, it's no. almost like, you know, Evo, Evo 2, what a, an Evo 2 Cosworth, what a look like, would, would have looked like, I guess. And, and, you know, underneath, you know, OK, the transmission's different. It's, it's more, it's more, you know, we put it in there. It's non-active. It's basically reliable. There's no real performance gain with the transmission compared with the old transmission. If, if not, it's, 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 you know, on par really. Um, it's, it's our partner said F and we know it's a good product, but suspension arms and cross members and everything is, is exactly the same as period. All we've done is we've widened the car by 51 mil. So, aside, so it's not, there's not a massive difference on what we're running. So to take it around Mexico, you know, we have to be a bit practical with, you know, when and where we push the car for inferior. That's a bit against Ken's uh, <laughs> mentality. He just, you know, he wants to get in and drive it flat out everywhere. But, you know, the period cars, the Group A cars and the early WRC cars, you know, you were thinking about how, where you were on the road and how heavy you were, how heavy you pushed it. The actual test that we did in Arizona um, last week, um, or two weeks ago, sorry, the uh, the road was a, a really good piece of road. It was great. It was a very hard base, but... Um, it would give us some feedback on what the actual roads in Mexico are going to be like. It's fairly rough in places, so the car handled it very well. Obviously, we all know your heritage. The guys that you have around, obviously, I know you, the car was originally built, of course, in the UK. But do you, do you, do you tap into engineers from, from from your from your past as well? Still, do you still have guys that come from a rally background as such, or, or, or is it basically you've you've trained up new guys? Uh, a bit more local to you. How does it kind of work with regards to looking after the car? Yeah, so I've been really lucky. We've kept um, some of the boys I've worked with for some time, even one of the boys back from when I was at RAD. Greg wow. Hamilton was there. For his, he came for a couple of events. So Greg went from RAD, went to Subaru USA and took with me as well, and then he's come across to, to work with us since 2010. So, um, But there's Greg, there's a guy called Stu Collins, he used to work for M Sport, um, he he's basically um, same age as me. Um, been there, done that. Read the book, had the t-shirt, all that kind of thing. Uh, we've got a young lad called Jody Harris, who's basically been working with us since we've had the first Fiesta. Uh, Johnny Cunningham was basically um, he was basically M Sport on the um, chassis side, and also a really good mechanic, brilliant fabricator, left-handed, very talented young lad. Used to and, drive, used to, you, and, and used to compete himself. Yep, that's right. I, don't rally, I did the ST championship when he did the STs. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> small yeah, world. Really good, really yeah. good. And then I've got um, a young uh, rally mechanic we took on when we very first started the team up in America. Ken Antle, which he's called, I think name. Um, he's, um, he's now the workshop manager at uh, Hoonigan. And we've got a young lad that we've just taken on as an apprentice um, who's really keen and he'll benefit from all the experience the boys have got. But if you look at them, I'm really lucky because they've all got multiple talents. They can 
you know, Greg can rebuild engines, dampers, he can do chassis work, um, so can Jonathan do chassis work, Jody's electrician, Jonathan can do Jonathan can do vehicle wrapping as good as anybody else. Stuart's a fabricator and uh, you know so as a pool of people it's only a very small team they do we do all the filming together all the running together the demo stuff so you know everybody knows how we work together and it, and it you know last weekend we had three cars out with four of us running at the wow. uh, the burn yard so we, we were pretty busy but we just worked out a lot of clockwork so very very lucky but all of them have been involved in rallying greg was at subaru uh, pro drive um, so they've all had works experience and from period all the way through to the modern stuff in my head then i had the 18 music just as you finished that list i can just imagine the 18 music is the boys yeah, now is the boys if you, had, if you had 18 with zimmer frames you'd probably be about right <laughs> Right, so well, I, I know I did ask before, and I probably got sidetracked myself. But where are we going this year? Then what's what's the plan, Derek, for for, for this wonderful bit of kit? Yeah, so so we're doing uh, Rally Mexico, um, and then after there, we're moving on to we're going to go and do Rally Barbados. We've um, we've quite liked the, the the look of this event, and um, it, it looks like it's a you know we did the GRC round over there. We actually went and drove some of the roads. Well, right there, they're pretty challenging. So we'll move the car across the tarmac spec, and um, uh, we're really happy to be working with the organisers out there, Neil, and particularly, uh, particularly welcoming to for us to go across. So Rally Barbados is next, and then literally we come straight back uh, to the port in America and move the car up to Southern Ohio Rally, which is a new event that's coming to the ARA Championship. Um, the roads look uh, really good. It's a fresh event we've never done, so we're quite happy to go and have a go at that event. It fits our schedule. We've got a very quick turnaround to put the car back to gravel spec and do some testing before. But uh, again, working with the organisers, we're going to do that that one event, which um, that's in June. And then um, we're actually stepping away from the escorts. We're probably going to do what we are going to do in running New Zealand, the WRC round, most likely in an R- uh, Fiesta R5. Um, to comply with the regulations, but also it allows us to send the escort across to do Rally Legends again in October. So without having to fly the car back, that seems to work our schedule quite well. And then we've got a number of uh, other events from Jim, Jim Carn Grid in uh, in LA in November, and uh, there's um, a nitrous rally cross around in Salt Lake City that we're going to do with um, we partner with Steve Arpin. Um, we had a rallycross fiesta to do some work with him and uh, one of the old Ford engineers, Carl Goodman, who's an extremely clever guy. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and work with them. So some events for the escort and then um, uh, WRC and New Zealand with an R5 and then selected other PR events and um, some of the other events kicking around that. But all in all, it's a really good calendar. It's a really good program. Um, and... Um, as I say, we're already into March, and it seems to be like we're just starting, but we've done so much already. But we had, a, we had a really good response to the car wherever we went. So going back to Legends, it's an incredible event. It's completely different. And, you know, I think Ken always wanted to do side of the road servicing, and you know, at night. He got both of those last year, so it was quite <laughs> exciting. So, you, did, uh, you didn't, but he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had the side of the road service, the full spec, you know, back suspension apart and rebuild it. And... Uh, literally at the end of the stage so it was uh, 
it was it kind of reignited your interest. It was like you know you just the strange thing is that things like that re-trigger what you've done in the past and what you've pulled out off in the past, and uh, it's quite refreshing to do something outside the central service. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, um, thank you. For, for joining us it has been a joy to to have you back on because as I say last time we didn't even get to talk about what you were doing with Ken we we, we, <laughs> we did all the Mitzi stuff which was brilliant by the way and it went down an absolute storm so um, we thank you for that again and we thank you for coming back to join us this week as well and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you maybe a little bit later in the year yeah no problem um, thanks thank you thanks for inviting us back brilliant folks uh, that has been the podcast for this week uh, we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hall next week absolute rally powered by the keel the works team spread the word and download the podcast every week